have no idea what loss is. You have no idea what loss is. I reckon it's got something to do with that girl. He's got everything to do with that little girl. I can take care of myself! How many close calls have we had? Can't be any worse out there. Can it? Every guy in this room is staring at you right now. Maybe they're staring at you. Maybe they're jealous of you. I'm... just a girl. Not a threat. Welcome to the world of The Last of Us, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for the Naughty Dog video game series and the HBO and Sky Atlantic television show. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is David. How's it going? I'm doing well, thanks. Excellent. This is for Season 1, Episode 5, Endure and Survive. Uh, what did you think of this episode? Um, God. They're rough, aren't they, these? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Well, I mean, it's another spectacular episode. It has an incredible set piece in it um, uh, as well. But, uh, and you know, when they meet these two, you kind of know where it's going. You know, they're not going to survive. Um, but it's still such a gut punch when it happens. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. they really don't let up at all. It's, yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, another phenomenal episode again. It, it really was. I mean, what I love about this show is they're very, very sparing with how they use the monsters in it. You know, um, but when they appear, they are a threat. <laughs> and they, I mean, the way that they use them this episode was just phenomenal. I thought that that piece was brilliant. But the... Um, uh, and then you've also got you know this nice intro which introduces the sort of kids that we saw at the end of the last episode um explains a bit more of their backstory about who they actually are then you kind of join up with where we left everybody at the end of uh, their last episode as well and and so you know they're not going to make it to the end cuz i mean this is Joel and Ellie on their own pretty much the entire run but yeah, it's just there are points in it where you you just you know what's happening, you know what's coming, and it's yeah, it's still just just heart wrenching when it does. So, um, yeah, uh, incredible again. Yeah, definitely, I definitely agree with uh, basically everything you just said. Um, I had a very interesting day yesterday. The entire day was was relatively interesting. Um, just want to sort of like go through kind of what happened and uh, how um, lo- this episode was basically lo- one of the last things I did before I actually went to sleep. Obviously, I wrote this recap and all that type of stuff. Um, so I finished Extraordinary, did a season review. That was like a really great start to the day sort of thing, although I didn't post it until later. So that's why that doesn't quite make sense. Um, then watched the football, uh, obviously, you know, skip over work and all that kind of you know, day-to-day stuff, um, then watched the football game, obviously that's got all of its emotions tied to it, a very close 2-2 uh, game, 
Um, then did the United cast, got all that out and everything. Um, then before, still, all that's happened before I've even watched this episode, which has got all of its emotions and everything else. <clears throat> then out of nowhere, Disney's just like, oh, hey, by the way, we're making Toy Story 5. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that had its uh, um, own sort of ball game of emotions and Frozen t uh, 3 and Z Zootopia 2. So yeah, a lot of stuff had happened before I'd even watched this episode yesterday, and then I went to watch this episode. Um, yeah, I kind of, it's interesting the way that you've just talked about the infected, because I was, I was sort of thinking about the way they're being used in the show, and I couldn't quite put the nail on the head, uh, but I think you have done there. Um, it's very, very interesting with how, because these are obviously like fictional, you know, creatures and, and whatever, but with, with how I've described the show before, like, you know, real actors on a set on you know in front of a real camera making it look more sort of real and in the locations which are more well some of them are obviously green screen and some of them are on location stuff but all of it looks very real which is the whole point and that's one of the really cool transitional things about this show is okay the game still looks obviously fantastic um the newer versions of this game anyway uh that looks all really great but it's just got a totally different it's got a more grounded like gritty feel to it when you watch this real looking version of this story that we you know that we love and everything and then you get to the infected and obviously we've seen some of them before we've seen some stalkers some clickers uh a few runners and that type of thing and they do it in this episode as well in like a very real looking scenario and that type of thing and then this bloater comes out which is our first appearance of one of those and it looks like I know it's interesting. It's got like that sort of again. Obviously, this isn't what a real bloater would look like because they're not real in the first place. But it's got that more real, grounded sort of feel to it, and it just when you've got everything being produced on that level, it just like pushes up the entire project even more because everything feels so sort of again. I know I said real a lot a lot of times, but um, it's that again that conversion from a animated graphics you know video game to making this this whole thing look just grounded and real and just that that gritty feel to everything um so that's that's kind of my thoughts on that stuff um yeah great to see uh sam and henry even if it was obviously uh briefly it's, it's interesting I, I was kind of thinking about you know we go um to tess and marlene and bill and uh, obviously we, we go to Sam and Henry at a point, which we've just got past now. How um, TV audiences that don't know, I mean, they might be sort of, they might be sort of aware of, um, you know, oh, The Last of Us, this popular video game, I've heard of that, and, and, and that kind of thing. But that going through the story beats and then not knowing the story and all that kind of stuff, how, how, how it sort of feels to them. Um, so that's that's kind of interesting as well, but... Yeah, um, it's yeah, it it, it is a it's a sad uh, story still, but it's it's a sad story that's got those moments of happiness. And even even though we do get to the end and Sam and um, Henry don't survive, you still do get moments of happiness and you know moments of hope and, and things like that. That's literally the whole you know in the darkness look for the light. Um, so I, I I find that very interesting as well. Um, thought Sam and Henry very well portrayed on screen. I uh, thought the change to I think it's Sam, the the younger one, that they're brothers. I uh, thought that was very interesting as well. 
Um, but no, another incredible episode. And there is a, there's only... Um, this is more sort of nitpick than anything else. There's two things, two elements in the episode that didn't work as well. But those are more kind of personal choices where I would have made different choices. Not not something that I think is outright bad. Um, there's a moment, the moment where Henry, Henry shoots himself later on. And there's a line in the game that he says, which I found quite important. But he doesn't say it in the show. I'll, I'll break that down more when we, when we get to that. And also with um, Kathleen and Perry, there's like a there's one particular individual kind of shorter scene which I wrote down separately here. And at at that point in the episode, I was kind of thinking, okay, she's probably going to die because this group is probably going to be sort of taken out, or Joel and Ellie are going to get away from them because that's what happens in the main story beat of the game. Um, it was interesting to learn about her somewhat as a character, but there was just one particular scene that I didn't feel, maybe I didn't, like, see the intended side of it, maybe I didn't see, like, the intended point of it, uh, which is possible. It's the scene, basically, when, you know, when, uh, Perry and her are in that sort of bedroom, and she's talking about that guy that she shot before. It's that that scene, and I kind of was w- watching that scene and thinking, okay, this is an interesting bit more of depth to the character and to kind of talk about their past. But when we got to the ultimate end of the episode, I kind of looked back on that scene and thought that that was just one piece of the puzzle that didn't quite fit to me. Mm-hmm. Um, what what did you think of the, uh, that that particular scene? Yeah, I get what you're saying with that. Um, I mean. Because it's actually Henry that sort of explains, you know, why they're after him. Um, so yeah, I I'm sort of not entirely sure what the purpose of that scene was. Mm-hmm. Um, All the other scenes with her are fine and they work great and everything. It's just that one particular one that that I didn't see. And maybe if I listen to like. I don't know, different take on it or Neil Druckmann's perspective, maybe I'll be like, oh, okay, that's that's why you put that in there for, like, such and such. Um, yeah. That, that was the only scene that just didn't quite... Again, it wasn't a bad scene. It wasn't a terrible scene. It just it didn't quite fit, like, with the rest of the episode. Yes, so. it seems sort of unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah, but there was that one. Uh, but, yeah, I'll talk about... Again, I thought the Sam and Henry final scene was was still good uh i just kind of prefer what happened in the game but that's okay that's again that's just personal preference um which is you know adaption things are going to be different i'm i'm fine with that so uh there we go all right that's what we got for the pre-talk we got a um oh before we do get to this uh recap uh we do have some sad news unfortunately uh we talked about this on um geek town and i did talk about it on the chat podcast after it happened but of course we recorded episodes three and four before this happened so we weren't able to talk about it at the time uh any version who did the i'll just say performance work both motion capture and voice for uh for tess in the game she passed away uh recently it was it was in between obviously it's been what a week and a bit since we've we've done one of these uh so it was in between that time period uh where she passed away of course she's been in uh, 24 as as renee walker um, she was obviously, like I said, in The Last of Us as Tess. I believe she was the Borg Queen or something or other in, in yeah, Picard. I've, was... I've not seen those episodes. but Yeah, her list of credings, credits is, is ridiculous. I mean, she's, yeah. a, she's a solid job, jobbing actor. I mean, she was 
She was in the uh, the rookie, which came back quite recently. Um, she's in the opening episodes of the new season. She was the Borg queen for Star Trek Picard. She was in Bosch. She was in Runaways. Uh, Timeless. She had quite a large role in as well. Uh, Vampire Diaries. She played the mother to the the two vampire boys, um, Lily Salvador. She's popped up in things like Blue Bloods, uh, Last of Us, as you mentioned, Revolution. She was in Dallas. She popped up in uh Rizzolian Isles um 24 as you mentioned General Hospital she was in she popped up in Supernatural I mean she's she's been in so many things over the years yeah yeah but uh no she unfortunately passed away I believe through uh cancer yeah um this had like um similar sort of patterns to how we found out about Chadwick like none of us really quite knew Chadwick had cancer and then it was just news just sort of popped out also um both of them obviously Chadwick was working on what was it Civil War the Avengers films and I think think uh, Black Panther as well um and just kept uh kept working through through it but yeah uh, that's that's it's, it's good that they didn't sort of you know just just lay down and you know kind of uh whatever um they still i mean i'm sure they were tired and, and all that kind of thing but you know still kept trying to do their art and their craft which is uh which, yeah. which is which is really good so uh we'll miss her she's uh she died far too young as as well yeah. um so we'll we'll miss her she was a really really lovely person uh, i saw kiefer put out obviously kiefer sutherland jack bauer from 24 put out like a nice tweet and and that kind of thing so i believe um because i didn't watch the <clears throat> live version of episode three but i think they did like a tribute thing for her right. at the end uh which is interesting because tess does uh also appear in that episode as well yeah. obviously the flashback scene so yeah rest in peace to annie and um yeah it's uh it's very very sad so um all right let's uh go forward we'll do a bit of housekeeping and then um we'll get into recap see if that in a minute Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, as I mentioned earlier, the 2-2 draw against Leeds in the Premier League. Very, very rough start to that game. I don't quite know what happened. It seemed like the team was, I don't know, hungover or hadn't slept properly. It was, it was, it was a really, really weird first half. Like They just couldn't function or do anything. Uh, so we went 2-0 down against Leeds and then we uh, had the mentality, had the fight back. We clawed our way back into the game. Could have possibly won it, which is a bit frustrating, but uh, at least we... Clawed back the 2-2, uh, 2-0 deficit to make it 2-2. Uh, we do play Leeds again, actually, on Sunday. We've got, like, double fixtures because the World Cup delayed everything and it's all messed up. So um, we've got that going on. Then we've got Barcelona next week in the Europa League, which is interesting as well. Speaking of Extraordinary, which I also mentioned earlier, did my Season 1 review for Extraordinary, gave it a strong must-see rating. Very, very, very good show, very fun show and all that kind of stuff. If you want to watch that... Uh, it's on Hulu in the US and Starvia Disney Plus in the UK. If you log into Disney Plus, it'll be like on the front. So uh, go and check that out. Uh, you finished it as well, didn't you, David? Yes. Yeah, I finished it. It's brilliant and well worth going to watch. Absolutely. So go and check all that out. Um, <clears throat> of course, we've got our other podcast for The Last of Us, which is episodes one, two and three and four. So uh, go check those out as well. Recently on Gaming Talk, we talked about the Tomb Raider TV series, which is in development, uh, which is exec produced, I think, or something, by uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She's a person that's going to be on it. Uh, so that's really, really great. Talked about E3 2023, how Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony are not going to be showing up. Uh, and we also talked about some tidbits regarding the uh, 
Wolverine game from Insomniac as well. Uh, Man United also beat Crystal Palace at home 2-1 in the Premier League recently. Also did a Mason Greenwood podcast update because that needed a separate episode. Uh, Analyzing Television episode 19 talked about the potential death of the multicam sitcom. We do still get some of them, but not quite on maybe the level we used to or the popularity that we used to. I talked about things like Friends, How I Met Your Mother, and The Big Bang Theory and sort of the traditional format of those and that kind of thing. So that was cool to talk about. Uh, over on the chat podcast for January 2023, talked about Rishi Sunak, uh, The Last of Us related things, uh, podcast plans and some TV stuff as well. Over on the DC talk side of things, talked about the brand new DCU slate reveal. Obviously, uh, I said Kevin Feige. No, uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran uh, revealed the the first kind of steps of the new DCU slate that we're going to be getting. And that's pretty much what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. All right, we begin in the streets with commotion and what appears to be a group of people murdering. Uh, a group of yeah murdering people uh, it's Jennifer's people sorry Kathleen's people um, Sam and Henry are doing well to hide and make their way into a building and into a loft of sorts uh, the same one we previously saw in the previous episode um, they meet a guy there and speak uh, a little bit about supplies and how obviously supplies are running low and how scared Sam and Henry are um, he says to him that you know the more that you're scared and, you know, you look kind of visibly scared, it's it's making him more scared. So just kind of a bit of a warning, I suppose. Um, the next morning, the guys left and Henry is observing the group and their patrols through sort of the windows and everything. Henry explains this to Sam. They eventually leave to come across uh, Joel and Ellie after explaining that they followed him. We see like a, a different perspective on um, yeah. the previous scene where Joel was taking out those uh, people. Um, and he's sort of seen them through the window. Um, yeah, lots of interesting kind of stuff here. Uh, one notable kind of change to Sam as a character is he's uh, deaf in this in this TV show, uh, and he wasn't in the game. Oh. Uh, so that's that's kind of interesting. But it gives um, um, yeah, you got like the clipboard thing here, and that kind of reminded me of um, was it Connie from from Walking Dead, like the Connie Daryl relationship yeah. where they, they'd write each other notes and that sort of stuff. I mean. If somebody doesn't know sign language, or if it's just obviously you have to do you have to do somewhat of a job to the audience. You either do the um, hand uh, what's it called sign language. You you either do that and you put subtitles up, or you can do this notes kind of thing. They do a bit of a both bit of both throughout the episode. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, that was kind of a an interesting sort of difference. Um. That I didn't really like affect anything in the episode or affect anything in the story like for for worse or anything. Um, it just gave them something uh, different to use, I suppose. Um, yeah, you sounded surprised, but what did you think of that uh, that particular change? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a perfectly decent little change. I do be interesting to hear from from uh, Craig and Neil whether there was a particular reason why they did that. Because uh, I, I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I think I think mm-hmm. it, it makes it a really interesting character, and I mean, you know, as you mentioned, we've seen deaf characters um, on on number of shows recently. New Amsterdam also had had a has a deaf doctor in it, or had a deaf doctor, and it finished last week. But mm-hmm. um, Eternals has got a character. Uh, yeah, it's the same actress character. from from Walking Dead. <clears throat> so yes, yeah, um, and and yeah, Walking Dead as well had had a prominent deaf character in it. So I. I do wonder whether it was just something they put in so they thought, oh, this might be interesting, or whether there was another specific reason for that. My um, 
My guess for it, and I don't know if this is because I don't know this young actor, is it because he's deaf? Maybe it and is. Maybe that is the case. They just thought, okay, instead of like saying, hey, you can't have this job, um, just say, hey, yeah, we can give you this job and we can just work around it and just work it into the story. That that was what I was thinking. Yeah, maybe, I could be totally wrong about that. But... Which is great as well. And like you said, yeah. it, it um, doesn't affect the story particularly one way or another. It's a nice little interesting sort of quirk from a story point of view mm-hmm. that, that it adds in. Um so yeah, I mean, I'm nothing wrong with it one way or another. I just wonder if it, what mm-hmm. the reason, if there was a particular reason for doing it, or they just thought, hey, let's use a deaf character because it would be interesting. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the great those those two um, were this sort of opening thing. The guy that they actually meet is the doctor that Kathleen shoots in the previous episode. <laughs> Right, that makes more sense. Yes. Yes. Okay. Because I didn't quite put two and two together there, but um, yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, that that's the doctor that that has been sort of protecting them. But yes, that's that's the guy that they meet, um, and um, yeah, the fact that he's a doctor also makes sense when he explains later on about, especially in this type of world. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, when he explains what happened um, with Sam later on you know why he was uh you know why he was in the position he was in it also makes sense that he's a doctor so um yeah that was that was the guy that they met but it, i i rather like the fact that they we sort of opened this we're meeting those characters and then we get to see that whole sequence where the uh, car crashes into the store we see sort of all of that from a slightly different perspective or some of that from a slightly different perspective which i thought was quite nice yeah, yeah. definitely um there was one small concern i had when they started this not backstory but sort of hey we're going to show you what happened as they led up to it, because, and although they've just proved that they can do this with Bill's story, because they put in, like, or- original pieces to the story that existed in the background in the game, my my only thing, and it very quickly, this very quickly wasn't, like, an issue, um, or, like, a, a concern, my only thing was, okay, it's good that you're spending more time with, um, Sam and Henry, that's very cool because you it, the episode makes it very clear from almost the start that okay, we're gonna kind of show you how Sam and Henry got to got from roughly where they were to meeting Ellie and Joel. And I was kind of thinking, okay, we have an hour for the episode. I do want to spend as much time with Sam Henry and then Ellie and Joel as well. And how much time are we gonna spend like just with Sam and Henry? But I thought they got mm-hmm. that balance really, really well, or, or yeah. did that balance really well. So. Um, I, I did have when they first started. I was like, "Oh God, is this going to be another full bottle episode?" But um, right. yeah, I think I, I I kind of had that same thought. Not that there was anything wrong with the last bottle episode; it was absolutely phenomenal. But oh, yeah. I am yeah. sort of with you. I think uh, we're both it, scarred it, from Walking Dead. With, yeah, with, with <laughs> yeah that. we both have those exactly. backstory concerns. Yeah, yeah. I, there is a certain amount of truth to that. But um, I yeah, so. I have no problem with bottle episodes as long as they're done well. But oh, I've seen some fantastic with... bottle episodes of TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I mean, so far, I think the best episode of this show has been the one that went, you know, with the the um, Bill and Frank episode. But mm-hmm. uh, 
yeah i i was sort of like well you know given it ended on a sort of cliffhanger last episode i kind of want to make you know i i want that to pick up again and then you're sort of now going to those two characters rather than going straight into picking up again um you know i i we're not going to spend too long like in the entire episode with this and then kind of end up at that same point at the end you know um mm-hmm so yeah i but i think you're right i think they balance that really well you know you got a bit more of an introduction of uh, it was like 10 minutes or so maybe of of that until we ended up at the same point and then it sort of picks up and moves on with the four of them so mm-hmm. yeah when sam and henry meet joel and ellie uh which is roughly in the same scenario but in like a different slightly different area it's basically the same just a little bit changed um, he does explain to Joel like, "Hey, I've been, I've been kind of like tracking you and watching you," uh, which worked out the same right. way in the show. It's, yeah. it's it's funny their interaction in the game because uh, you're um, climbing up these stairs uh, to get to obviously the top of this thing to climb through a window, and I think Ellie jumps through the window before you. Obviously, she's a bit quicker than Joel, uh, and you're controlling Joel at that point, and you yeah. climb through a window, and the camera sort of changes to this interesting frame and it you press X or whatever it is to, to jump through the window and you cut to a cutscene and um, I can't remember if it's Sam or him, I think it's probably Henry that like goes to attack Joel um, and then they hold them kind of similarly at, at gunpoint and then they do they do the same kind of like ease off trust thing um, but it's, it's it, the only little bit of difference is it's not... Um, Joel and Ellie like asleep in a building and then uh Sam and Henry find them there. Um so it's it's like almost like a small like ambush kind of thing with uh with, with the game. So but it worked out pretty much the same way. Um I also do like uh the first little introduction of um Sam Sam's uh like artistic thing that's that's going on that's kind of a a bit of a different thing as well so i i thought mm. that was that was quite nice and it g- gives them a little bit of something to kind of bond over as well like when when they're assumably stressed or you know whatever uh he kind of gets him to do some drawing and stuff which is cool so yeah i, I rather like the the sort of you know because when we see him at the end of the last episode he's got the sort of painted on mask thing uh-huh. a la season one of arrow you know uh <laughs> right um and um, I rather like the that little interaction between Henry and Sam of sort of you know you can see that he's scared and they know the doctor's like being killed and uh, or probably being killed as far as they're concerned so they know he's not coming back and they've got to run and he gives him this kind of superhero mask as a sort of cover identity um, yeah. for the kid and I, I thought that was really quite sweet. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's also a scene mixed in with all this uh, with. Um... So, Kathleen, uh, let me read that again. There's also a scene with Kathleen and her people trying to get information um, from Sam and Henry's location uh, about their location. She threatens to kill these people that she's asking until one guy speaks up after a brief conversation. Uh, she sends her group back in to kill them anyway, so they're, they're in a stuck sort of situation. Um, so this was kind of spl- explaining a little bit again about like um Kathleen's side of things and uh kind of what's going on there it's a very kind of brief scene but um it was interesting this because I mean this group is stuck right because she says to this group um like oh nobody's going to give me an answer and it's like oh 
kill them all. And then one guy actually speaks up and says, yeah, it's because you're a rat. And then gets them ordered to, to be killed anyway. So I thought that was yeah. an interesting bit of setup for um for her and for, I think his, his name's Pierce as well. Yeah, I mean, this is sort of set up for her reasoning for going after Sam that sort of comes out. Because, you know, at this point, we don't know why she's after Sam. We just know that she is. And um, th- this is the group that were rounded up when she sent everybody out. If you remember in the previous episode, she sent all the people. She sent people out to go searching for Sam and they went and kicked down a bunch of doors. These are the people that mm-hmm. they rounded up, which were collaborators with the um, government that were giving away sort of the resistance secrets, I guess, for this for this group. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and the guy speaks up and she's sort of going, well, I expected you to speak up because you're a rat anyway. And then and then, yeah, this is going to kill them all because they're collaborators. And she hates collaborators with a deep passion. And we find out why later on. But yeah. Yep. So that's the setup scene for that. Uh, cut to essentially the end of last week's episode. The pair are holding Joel and Elliot gunpoint after um, easing their way into trusting each other. Uh, eat food together. I was going to say have a meal, but it's not really a meal. So they just eat no. together. <laughs> um, uh, they explain their situations to each other somewhat. Uh, although Joel's obviously very uh, reserved. I like... Um, Henry's comment about like oh I don't I don't trust that tone and Ellie's just like no that's just how he kind of speaks <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, was... she described it as something like resting asshole voice or something <laughs> yeah something like that so that was cool um yeah they explain themselves somewhat uh, the next morning Henry discusses how to get out of the city the tunnels um is is the answer he explains that he knows the city very well and that's the best strategy. Uh, they manage to make their way through the streets and end up at an abandoned underground location. While Sam and Henry, Henry uh, sorry, while Sam and Ellie uh, relive some nice childhood memories, kind of they're back to like being able to be kids for five minutes, basically, mm-hmm. uh, and return to being um, kids for a bit. Uh, Henry discusses his and Joel's past with him, so they're both of their pasts. Uh, Ellie finds a savage star, uh, starlight comic book. Um, they play football for a little bit and reminisce about the Endurance Survive message, which is the name of the episode. Um, yeah, it's very interesting to see the Savage Starlight book. Um, Bold Moves podcast, who I've mentioned a few times, is called Savage Starlight. And they've been uh, ah. wanting the, the, the book to appear in uh, in the episode. So I look forward to seeing what they say when... Uh, when, when when they get around to the when they're able to see the episode that was that was kind of cool um for, from what they've said as well it'll also do them very good for seo because if people start searching for savage starlight their uh <laughs> their podcast might come up so um that's kind of cool so um but yeah ours is the world's the last of us theirs is uh savage starlight um it i i found it quite difficult to come up with this podcast name like there was and then i ultimately just kind of i don't know landed on the world of the last of us so um that's that uh yeah this is again when I, when I talked about at the start okay this is a very sad story what happens here with henry and sam is very tragic and very bad like in the end but these are the looking for the light in the darkness yeah type of moments henry and sam uh sorry sam and ellie um being able to be kids for like what f- five minutes or so there's also a the little brief bit um before where they're discussing the tunnels and they're kind of like messing about a bit and they're able to just be kids for a bit as well um and it's it's nice to see and uh this plays out very very similarly to the to the game 
Uh, so that was uh, that. That was really nice. These, these are the moments you can kind of. I mean, it's sad because as somebody who's played the games and you know pretty much, okay, even if they do it in a slightly different way, let's say, for example, you pretty much know Sam and and uh, Henry are gone by the end of the episode. That's like probably the case. And obviously it was here. But and then seeing trying to see Sam, this young kid, they, they explained he's what, eight years old or something. Yeah, uh, I think in the episode and Ellie's still like 14. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's just nice to see they're able to just have some of these moments before uh, before the end of the episode. So, um, what did you think of this scene? There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of nicer well, things a, in here. Yeah, there's a few different scenes in here because you got mm-hmm. there's discussion the whole discussion about going through the tunnels where he comes up with the the suggestion that well what we need to do is go through mm-hmm. these tunnels. Out and this is and this is where we you know uh, we get find out that the reason that there are no infected wandering around is because the uh, military had, had driven them all underground. And like, Joel's like, wait, hang on. Don't you want us to go underground? What are you talking about? And he says, well, yeah, but we've discovered, you know, the doctor guy that we saw before has said he checked the tunnels and they're actually all clear. So that's why they're going down there. Um, so there's, there's all that sort of scene, but I thought that little interchange was really quite cool. Uh, that was, that was quite nice. Then we get them actually going into the tunnels and they find this school area. Uh, and yeah, the scene there, which is between um, sort of Sam and Ellie and them just messing around and being kids and they're kind of bonding over the comic book and all that sort of stuff. It's really lovely to just show the fact that, you know, yes, they're in a harsh world, but they've just found this opportunity to actually be kids for a little bit. Mm. Uh, yeah, I thought that was really nice. You also have in this whole sequence, this is where um, Henry explains why he's being chased and the fact that he killed uh, Kathleen's brother um, or got Kathleen's brother killed because he was a collaborator because he was trying to get medicine for Sam who had leukemia and the only way he could do it was um, by giving them something big and what he gave them was Kathleen's brother who was at the time head of the um, insurgent movement so uh, yeah that explains why she's going after him so hard and why she's so hell-bent on bringing him you know on finding him and taking him down um it is pure revenge that's all it's for she's got like the entire group out after Mm -hmm. him for that which is crazy but yes i mean um yeah so that that's all that sort of setup is in that is in those that bunch of little scenes Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of good stuff in there. I like um, in in the slightly previous scene when uh, he's explaining about the tunnels and stuff because um, it's clear that this group has like got the streets very much covered um, and like it would be a, a terrible idea to to go outside uh, like on on the ground. So um, that was pretty good. Uh, the actual bit where they're kicking the football around and stuff is a bit more brief in in the game. Um, in- interesting little difference there is the goal in the show is one that's drawn on the wall whereas in the game it's an actual like one of those mini goal things that you oh, can right, kind yeah. of buy um and she kicks the the ball into the goal 
Um, so yeah, that that was an interesting, different kind of little change. Um, those those are just sort of the aesthetic sort of things, but that's kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, these comic books you do pick them up as you go through the game. Uh, it's one of the ways that you have to get trophies for a platinum. Um, so you you just pick them up. You can like flip them over and that kind of stuff. You can't really open them and read them, but you can uh, pick them up and find the different issues and stuff. So that's kind of cool. Uh, so nice little touches there. Uh, brief scene. Um, brief scene between Kathleen and Perry. Um, have a brief scene about uh, her history with the guy she shot in the previous episode, the one that she apparently cared a lot about, but still killed. This is the scene I mentioned earlier that um, didn't quite really work for me as much. Um, and I was watching the scene and kind of thinking. Okay, this is somewhat interesting. And then when we got to the end of the episode, like I, I looked back at it and thought, okay, if you'd have taken that out or like I don't know, made it different, what what difference would it have would it have kind of made? I don't, I don't think it's bad. I just like, um, to me, this this woman and and Perry as well. Um, it, it was it was it was a nice, interesting touch for them to like look at this group that you do come across in the game and say, okay, let's give one of these characters like the actual lead, you know, make them one of the leaders and put like an actual, you know, proper um, actor in, in their place and have her have like a right-hand man and it would be Jeffrey Pierce, who's Tommy. That's that's all quite cool, but... Because um, I feel like that, that this specific little scene was designed to like make me feel more sorry for her, possibly, but I didn't. Um, I don't know, it just didn't particularly work for me quite quite so much, which is unfortunate. Um, what did you think of the short little scene we get there? Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I I don't quite understand. You know, I mean, I, I understand the purpose of building up, you know, um, rather than just having faceless groups come after them, you know, having... Uh-huh. It, it, I, I understand building this up a little bit more and building those characters up a little bit more. That makes sense. Um but yeah, in terms of this scene, particularly with her talking about, you know, having killed the guy in the previous scene and, you know, liking him and that sort of stuff, unless it's to just reinforce the fact that Kathleen's somewhat evil uh, or or not necessarily evil, but but um, certainly is lost on a path of revenge. Um, Possibly, yeah. You know, um, I... I, yeah, I I don't quite. Well, maybe it's just to fill out the fact that they were these collaborators, and that's why she. I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you, and I don't exactly see the purpose of because mm. all the other scenes with her work pretty well. Yeah. Um, like all, all the ones before and all Other... the ones after this. I mean, uh, the only the only <laughs> other thing it does reinforce is it reinforces why this group of people are so dedicated to Kathleen because Kathleen is, you know, the, the is the person that actually managed to sort of take over the QZ and kick out the oppressors, and that's why they all follow her, and that's, you know, so it, it sort of enforces that point, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I feel like I need to ask like Neil Druckmann about this scene or something. <laughs> that he could, yeah, yeah, he would I mean, probably I, have some insight. So yes, yeah, it's that. that mm. I, they do so have I, an actual official Last of Us podcast, don't they? Where they're they're putting out um, 
we weekly sort of like episode discussion things. Uh, I've not actually listened to any of it yet, but um, maybe it might be worth checking it out for that little sort of tidbit. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, anyway, cut back to uh, Sam, Henry, Ellie, and Joel going through the streets. Uh, they come across a sniper. Uh, they take cover. Sam and Henry trying to escape, but to no avail. Uh, Joel tells Ellie he's going to make a run for it and flank him. He does. Uh, gives this guy a chance to surrender or wait for a bit. The guy doesn't, and Joel has to shoot him. And then we cue a massive, massive set piece, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, this is one of the best, uh, in terms of gameplay, one of the best parts of the game, I think. Uh, especially with the uh, PS5 version, where, to to uh, quote uh, Matthew, who who directed the game, um, the way that they put the chippables and breakables into... Uh, the PS5 version because um, they 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 did this a little bit differently for the show, but it it kind of made sense. Um, so how it kind of works in the game, it, you've got essentially the same setup. You've got a guy in upstairs in a building with a sniper, and then the other characters behind the car. And basically, it's up to you to just run in between cars, crouch behind them, sort of make your way to and from. Um, you can go like around different buildings or whatever route you want to take. Um, there's, I think there's a few guys to shoot on the way as well, uh, but you essentially flank round to the back of the house and then wait, make your way upstairs. Um, I think it actually cues, how does it work again? Yeah, it cues, it cues a cutscene, I think, where he actually takes this guy down, um, or the, whoever the person was. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And then there's a gameplay set piece where, while all this infected set piece is happening, um... You uh, get to take control of the sniper as Joel. You get like this first person, right, yeah, yeah. like through through the uh, sniper lens view, and you have to basically take out like it's a mixture of infected and and, and people, um, and they're queued up in a certain way and all that kind of thing, um, and then you just have to take them out, uh, and then it cues uh, essentially the same thing. So, yeah, I thought this was a very very good uh, TV adapt adaption way to to sort of do this. I thought this was very very good. Um, yeah, it, it pretty much worked out the same way. There's actually, it's interesting because when when you get to the part in this episode where there's like humans are everywhere. Obviously, you got uh, Ellie, Sam, and and Henry in the street, and then you got all this infected. They actually do less of it in the game, but they because you can't have like that much stuff in there and have to like shoot all of it specifically. I, it wouldn't have worked that way quite yeah. well for the game because how it kind of does it is hey over here there's this infected going for that one you you move your aim over there and shoot that specific one and then you kind of do that over and over again instead of there being 10 people in there and you have to kind of take all of them out um so i thought that was uh that was quite interesting um yeah what do you think of this kind of action set piece here i i quite I, enjoyed it yeah i thought this was this was just brilliant i mean the um uh you you got um, the, the it was more the interaction with Joel and the sniper actually for me it, it's mm, when he gets yeah. up there and this look on Joel's face of like don't do it you know because you I mean the guys it was an idiot thing for the guy to do because you know he's there with the sniper rifle and Joel's got a gun on got a handgun on him there is absolutely zero chance he's going to be able to turn the sniper rifle and shoot Joel before Joel can like put a bullet in his head. I mean, it's just, there was no way it was ever going to happen. So um, yeah, that scene I, I thought was, was really, really good. Um, 
and then of course we yes it goes into that massive set piece which was just i mean that was phenomenal but um Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that little piece. I, it's interesting. I couldn't remember how this played out in the game, but it, it it sort of does feel the sort of Joel being in the sniper nest and and kind of yeah running to to get to the sniper nest to take out the sniper. I have a vague recollection of playing that. And um, yes, this whole sequence does not in a bad way, but does feel reminiscent of a video game. Yeah, <laughs> um, mm, yeah. But 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 done very 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 well uh for the tv show but yes uh it, it is one of the things where you can if you know video gaming you can see the game mechanics regardless of whether you played this or not you can see some of the game mechanics in there <laughs> in in the fact that you've got one guy sort of sniping as the other one tries to you know and clearing a path for the other one who's on the ground trying to get through it is a, a sort of kind of standard game mechanic that but um yeah so you can sort of see that in there as you get into that set piece but uh, yeah, it's but done really, really well. Oh yeah, love this scene. It's brilliant. Um, <coughs> and as you pointed out, um, the interaction with the sniper is a lot more personal in this uh, episode because in, in the game you just tackle him to the ground and just kind of beat him up. Right. So, um, but because uh, I, I doesn't he say to him like, "Hey, if you just wait an hour or something, or if you, yeah, you, yeah. you wait for a bit of time, we can you just move yeah, on and you, go, and you can survive." Yeah, just, all you need to do is wait an hour. You know, just stop shooting at us wait an hour you know let them go stop shooting we can go we can carry on because at the time i mean joel as well doesn't think you know thinks he's just a lone sniper and Mm. it's only after that when he finds the radio and realizes that he's actually part of the group and he's a lookout um that that it becomes more of an issue but you know he's assumed because he's this kind of old guy with a massive beard who's just sat there and he thinks it's probably you know, just a lone person taking pot shots, trying to protect his property. And yeah, um, which also explains why the guy turned around and tried to shoot him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it, that little interaction of Joel just going, don't don't do it. <laughs> mm. And he turns. Yeah, I, the, I thought that was great. Little moments like that of like that kind of dialogue. That's where Pedro's acting kind of really shines through as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, we haven't really mentioned the acting in 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 a lot of these podcasts, but it's all just fantastic across the board. Um, so, uh, but I I've still particularly been I I do think because you look at somebody like Pedro, okay, he's like a veteran of this industry and he's done a bunch of stuff. And although although Bella has as well, obviously she's been in Game of Thrones with some with some big big like people on that. It is absolutely harder for you know th- these younger actors um, to to be put into these projects and try to try to shine on screen. Um, I think she's particularly just getting better and better with each episode. Ellie, particularly, I also thought the actor that played Sam did a very very good job in this as well. So yeah. I mean they all do, but uh, I I just think it's particularly maybe harder for the uh, younger actors. There's probably more. They probably feel the pressure more and and that type of stuff. So. Good job all around. Um, yeah, cue the massive set piece. Kathleen and Perry arrive with their crew, ask for Henry to surrender. Henry pleads with her and says, uh, you can let me go if you have the kids. She denies and attempts to shoot Henry. Before she can, however, a previously crashed truck um, falls through the ground, allowing a whole bunch of infected to come from under the ground as previously teased, because we saw that little teaser of that in the episode before. Um, and after a bunch of infected scenes, we have a bloater as well uh which we've seen in some of the i think it was in one of the trailers and that kind of thing we we knew this was coming but uh 
still brilliant to see it all in its in its glory. Uh, I want to talk about the bloater scene separately. Um, yeah, kind of wondered how... Because we're used to, with Walking Dead, there being, oh, look, another massive horde. Oh, look, another massive horde. It became like a, a, a notable sort of staple of Walking Dead. And Walking Dead was more of a zombie show than what this is. I know they're both yeah. set in, in infected type of worlds, but um, I think it's fair to say Walking Dead's the more zombie-heavy show, and this is the more kind of just character, human-driven story. That's that's the way I'd sort of separate them. Uh, both very good at what they do and all that kind of stuff, but they're a bit different in those ways. But seeing, like, there's some, there was something very kind of visceral and very kind of... I know I keep saying real all the time. Like, the way you saw these... Uh, I, I, think, I think it's Stalker's runners and clickers. I think it's all of them. Um, just charging out of this, of this hole and you just see it all come out on screen. Um, this is also where, I'd assume, you know, production budget would need to be top-notch and, and, and effects and... All those types of things uh, to make it look as good as it what it did. Um, but again, just seeing like going from the look of the game to the look of the show and just how real everything looks, it's it's really quite incredible. I'm just continuously blown away by that specific uh, aspect of this, which is a very very cool thing. Um, you also just got that grounded gritty look to it and that HBO production behind it. Um, and uh, yeah, because we, we we've seen a few runners, few clickers, um, you know, and and that type, uh, a few stalkers, but because um, the biggest thing we had before this maybe was the test scene, but that was more kind of a stalker's coming up to her slowly, and you're seeing a lot of the infected in the background, and that was kind of a bit of a teaser of that, but this is like a their first full on massive set piece, um, and yeah, it it worked incredibly well for this. I was, I was very 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 impressed with. Uh, with this um and you get a few bits where um the other three on the ground so ellie sam and henry are trying to sort of get away and all this kind of stuff um I'm, i was wondering for for a minute or so where sam and henry had actually gone um because you, you're sort of with ellie where she's trying to, obviously it's chaos yeah. is just what whatever's happening um and obviously joel is trying to snipe off a few enemies around ellie she's trying to run um yeah, and then they're they're underneath this uh, this van, which is probably where they got bitten in the uh, in the episode, yeah. or where 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 Sam got bitten. Um, this plays out very slightly, pretty much the same as as the game. The only slight difference is um, there's like a gameplay queued section where um, there's two specific clickers that come out. I think it's two or three or something, and two of them put two of the characters on the ground one of them is sam that's probably the moment he gets bitten and you have like this npc uh plus help sign uh, above them and you you like shoot them off um right. so you shoot I, I think you end up shooting the clicker off of ellie i think um and then that's obviously where uh sam gets bitten and, and then they manage to get away and then they, they, they run off from that so um kind of similar but uh some small differences um there's also a really good set piece bit in here as well where i think it was a clicker climbs into this car with ellie and it's just like flopping its way through this yeah, through yeah. this car that was really really brilliant um kind of shows you there that their agility as well as like how they can move and and this kind of stuff i thought that was great um correct me if i'm wrong but i think as this thing was trying to climb through the window joel was trying to it was at a really difficult angle wasn't he, he was trying to get this yeah, shot off on it yeah trying to shoot it yeah yeah that was that was brilliant um there's also another part as well 
So what, one of the mechanics of how you can kill clickers, because they're very, very difficult to kill, as we've seen in the show, is something called a shiv, which to try to convert that, which they attempted to do here, I, I, I think, it's, it's one of the things that people have looked at and said, okay, that's not a very realistic gameplay thing, which it, it isn't. It is a video gamey type of thing where basically yeah. you craft a really strong knife that is a one you don't you only get to use it once so you can you have to use it sparingly and if a clicker grabs you, you get like a triangle prompt and you take it out with that and then you've dealt with that clicker um and there's a bit where ellie uses her i don't think it was her butterfly knife it looked a bit different it looked a bit bigger she picks up this knife of sorts and is stabbing i think she stabs two clickers in the neck to yeah. get to sam and henry so i'm guessing that's a bit of a remix of that because i was wondering what they yeah. were going to do with that possibly because yeah. that is a bit of an unrealistic element, but I think it worked pretty well here. Um, anyway, what do you think of this uh, awesome scene? <laughs> yeah, well, it's an awesome scene. Um, mm -hmm. There are some interesting little things with the... Uh, I mean, the elements of it are very tropey in that, you know, you think about the, the way that, that you've got this scene where... Uh, you know, there is this thing going on in the foreground where you've got um, Sam and Henry, uh, Henry sort of saying that he'll give himself up if they let the kids go. Mm -hmm. um, Kathleen kind of at this point playing the revenge pantomime villain going, ha ha ha, no, I'm going to take you all. Uh, I don't care. I mean, doing it very well. I, what I love about Kathleen. A better version of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but uh, yes, I was sli slightly being facetious there, but, but um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I actually really like the performance in that it, it isn't, it it really isn't that. I mean, she is a, she isn't playing it that way. She's playing it in 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 a much softer way than that. I mean, she's like she's a housewife that has sort of got forced into this position. You know, that's almost how it's coming across. Mm. Um, but you've got all that going on, and then you see that truck start to fall in the background as the sort of payoff to the fact that we were told earlier that the infected had all disappeared they were underground but they weren't in the tunnels and they they'd all kind of disappeared so there is that and that's almost like the you know the um uh the part in helms deep in lord of the rings where they you know uh, is it Pippin, I think, knocks a stone I haven't watched well. those films for years. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, Pippin knocks a stone down the well and it awakes the Balrog. And, oh, and it, yeah, yeah. it's almost reminiscent of that scene. Um, so this this van which, you know, Joel's shot the driver and it's careered off into this house and then the ground just breaks below it and it sinks. And suddenly this horde just almost as a sort of water-like stream breaks out of it is... Yeah. is really quite incredible and they're just everywhere and what i like about the the, the ones that you get in the car the what stalkers you say those are the ones that the one that went after ellie in the car i think that might have been a clicker uh, it was clicker Possibly. yeah yeah but but it was a child clearly it yeah. was a child and that again ties back to the fact that that's clearly, I, to me, that is one of the ch children that was in that underground school, because the Possibly, the area yeah. the, the area that they stopped at on the way in was an underground school, and it would make sense that you know that's abandoned, so they obviously got infected. So 
I rather suspect that that's supposed to be one of the children from the school, which is another thing that kind of, you know, is heart ripping where you actually kind of realize that that's what it is, you know, because there was a number of those kids. In fact, you know, there's the, uh, the one there's there's more more of them later. But yeah, uh, the, just just that whole sequence, I thought, was absolutely phenomenal. And then you you get the bit that we have seen the sort of a glimpse of in the trailer which is the introduction of that bloater which uh, i mean yeah it's like oh my god what is that <laughs> yeah you want to you want to run away from that thing <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah those are those are so cool i think so um just just brilliant stuff all around with uh with all of that um yeah the bloater smashes it way, smashes its way through a crowd of just everything yes um kathleen and perry spot it and uh from dangerously close he attempts to shoot it running out of ammo uh the bloater easily catches him and rips his head off um she's still hell-bent on being an awful human uh kathleen still wants sam and henry dead attempts to shoot them and is jumped by jumped and killed by a stalker now the reason i think this is a stalker is this a specific way that a stalker attacks in the game which is that sort of thumping thing that they do on the ground i don't recall clickers doing it. i think that's the way that stalkers kill you right okay. in the game so um because it was difficult mm. to tell at some point again it was a dark scene and there is a there's a very fine difference at different angles and different shots between a clicker and a stalker and everything was running around very fast and you know it was uh slightly more difficult to see but, but... I, I think this is a stalker so Yes, yeah, you're right. Actually, it was a clicker that was in the uh, that was in the car because I remember it clicking. But yes, th- this one, I mean, I, whatever it was, this was a ch- another child again. Yeah, which I thought was a certain amount of poetic justice for, to that as well. The fact that because yeah. it was it was definitely a child that that jumped her, and the fact that she basically, you know, she had the opportunity to get revenge and let the children go, and she went, no, I'm not going to do that. So. You know, and she makes this when she's talking to him earlier. She makes this argument about, "Don't you think that he just should have died?" And you're like, "Really, <laughs> really? Mm. That's the argument you're going with?" Yeah. You know. Mm. So, um, yeah. I mean, uh, this was, yeah. I thought this was great. I mean, you saw, you saw Perry get. I mean, you when you say the bloater ripped his head off. I mean, that's not hyperbole. The bloater did rip his head off, <laughs> like genuinely. I yeah, think yeah, pulled it off. Yeah, yeah literally pulled his head off. Um, I, yeah, so you've got that. I mean, he did it from quite a distance, but you know when, where the camera was. But yes, um, and it, the whole thing just seemed so frantic. You've got them getting the, um, you know, Ellie sort of coming up and like you say she's kind of shanking the the uh, infected and getting them out and and yeah i'm fairly sure you're right that's probably where they were bitten um mm-hmm. but but yeah this the hot the just the the manic kind of franticness of that whole scene and then kathleen at the end kind of gets to them and he's still thinking she's gonna kill them and then gets jumped but um yeah and that that bloater was just yeah you could just see them all going, going what the hell do we do now uh yeah other than run, I mean, yeah, I it, it was it was a really really good incredible um, set piece, and I do like how they are using the infected in the show because it's not just 
they're everywhere they I, are i do yeah. think we were due for something like this yeah yeah because no, we, we, we've had a lot of human story which is what this is but uh, i think we were due for like a big infected set piece yeah uh, and, and this, this was brilliant yeah i'm fine with them doing it like that you know um because it it makes sense that they're not necessarily absolutely everywhere you know if they're in the middle of nowhere you're not going to expect to find infected because why would you if there weren't a lot of people around there before there wouldn't be any infected around there now um but in cities it's going to be quite dangerous and 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 the setup for this i think was was great the fact that you know they'd driven them underground and they'd gone disappeared and nobody actually really knew where they were but yeah i i really like this definitely i think as well this highlights um <clears throat> with kathleen here you know how in these stories people talk about like um humans are still the big threat like they've escaped from the infected at that point and she's still hell-bent on like no i have to kill i still have to kill the humans yeah. in this in this scenario and i thought that was a really really great way to to bring that across um yeah it was interesting to see this stalker like jump on her and then the, the recognizable like thumping on the ground um which is one of the death animations in the game so so good so so good um man that that bloater just just sprinting forward was uh was just absolutely brilliant so awesome stuff uh cue the late nights not quite morning yet uh everyone is mostly settled ellie is in a room with sam they discuss being scared among a few other things um he asks her if getting infected means the monster fully takes over you ellie realizes what's going on then um he shows her um bite mark to 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 her so shows the bite mark to her um, Ellie takes matters into her own hands and attempts to use her own blood as a cure the next morning, realising it hasn't worked. Uh, Sam jumps Ellie, uh, running into the next room. Um, Joel attempts to intervene with Henry giving him a warning shot. Henry shoots Sam and everyone kind of panics or is panicked in this scenario. Uh, Henry isn't quite sure exactly what to do as he's just asked himself uh, what to do. As Joel asks him to put the gun down, Henry says, what have I done? <clears throat> and shoots himself and then we have one final scene to talk about after this um yeah really interesting with um what ellie's trying to do here it does make a certain amount of sense though because initially i thought initially i thought what are you doing and then because i think the way that she looks at this is okay if i'm i mean if she doesn't do this is gonna die anyway right um yeah but she's kind of looking and thinking, okay, if I've got like some sort of cure thing within me, can I use my blood possibly to to heal that? Like, could that work in any way, shape, or form? I found that very, very interesting, and yeah, that, no, well, that that never happens in the game either. So that was okay. That was yeah, quite I mean, cool. I, it's one of those things that I I think to a to a fourteen year old or however she old she's supposed to be at this point, brain. Mm-hmm. Um, who probably hasn't done that much in terms of biology and whatever right. passes for a school in this world, um, that probably makes a certain amount of sense. And, and I mean, there is a certain amount of sense to it because her blood potentially does carry a cure. Um, yeah. So she's but, cutting, but, but yeah, but cutting your hand and rubbing it on the infected wound is probably not going to do anything. Blood <laughs> transfusion, yes, that may actually if you can completely transfuse the blood then yes that may do something but um this in in itself is less likely to have any real effect uh unfortunately mm -hmm. but but yeah i i and i'm i'm not sure i 
I think it probably it was desperation on Ellie's part. Yeah. It may be that she knew that and was trying to do it as a sort of way of keeping him calm. But I, I think if that was the case, she probably then would have gone and told Joel. Um, so I, I think it was genuinely desperation and in, in hope that she did it. And, that, and and hoped that it might work. I don't know whether she fully believed it would, but certainly worth a you know. She thought yeah, it was worth trying. a try. Or and and yeah. the scene, you know, and then you've got that sort of sweet scene because you know uh, Henry's come in and said you need to sleep, and then she's woken them back up, and they're looking at the comic books again, and they're messing around, and mm, then she yeah. then he does that sort of reveal, and you're like, oh yeah, well of course. Um. And again, this is something that you knew was coming and something that we've seen quite recently in Walking Dead as well. But, um, you know, I, it's it's one of those things. I think it played out really nicely here. Um, and um, the scene when they wake up in the morning where he's sat on the other side of the bed facing the window and you you just know, you know he's turned and... Ali's mm. kind of going, hey, hey, and thinks obviously he can't hear her because he's deaf and goes over to him and then she jumps him and they hear screaming and run in and and yeah, I I mean I I don't remember exactly how this played out in the game, but um I thought this was wonderfully played by um the actor that plays Henry and yeah. him him just the despair of you know, he reacted, he shoots Sam. Um, because Sam is clearly trying to kill Ellie, so he shoots Sam, and then he's just, what have I done, what have I done, and then puts the gun to his own head, and it, it it's really well acted, that. It's yeah. a great scene. <clears throat> the one line that they didn't get Henry to say, which, I don't know if I'm disappointed, but I'm kind of like, I don't know how I, how I sort of feel about it, is, so he shoots Sam, and then points points the, goal at jo- the, the gun at Joel in, in the same way, and then they say like a couple of little things and then he says this was your fault when he's looking at Joel. But you can tell, because um, maybe on first playthrough you, you would think he's saying that to Joel. He's, I think he's actually, there's been some interpretations that I've, that I've agreed with over the years that he's actually saying it to himself, which is that this was your fault. And he's kind of shaking with the gun and then he shoots himself. So he, he says something a bit different. It's still... Works out in the same result, but I just think that line is very interesting. Of like, this was your fault because he's blaming blaming himself for what's happened to his brother, and I just thought that was a uh, that was quite cool. But uh, I think the way because I was trying to look at the way this was portrayed and the intention here, because all the little adaptation changes, I assume have their own difference of intention, right? Of like, okay, we want to change this little bit to mean this different thing or something. I think this is more kind of just. He's just got that shock within himself. I mean, obviously everyone's like kind of shocked, particularly, but um, more of like a frozen shock of like, w- what have I done? And he's just he's just there in shock. I think that's maybe the difference here. Um, what do you think of like the the slight changes in in that scene? <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I I like it the way that it's played out in the show. I think I think it it works there i'm not sure blaming the people necessarily for i don't know um no because he says that this was your fault but he's technically saying it to himself that's kind of the interpretation that 
people got from it. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I actually like how it plays out on the TV show because mm. yeah. everything he's done up until that point has really been, you know, I mean, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been a traitor if it wasn't for trying to or a traitor in quotes if it wasn't for trying to save sam in the first place if sam hadn't been ill i mean i think it's just circumstance so i i don't think he's at fault for any any of it but Mm. But in 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 the moment he's blaming blaming himself obviously so yeah yeah he is and i mean it was him that suggested the route but it was the only route out i mean i so I yeah I actually don't mind that that line isn't in there I like okay. I, I think I think it's I think it works perfectly well without it um, and um, yeah I, I I don't think he does have anything to blame himself for anyway uh, yeah. I, and you know the, the the sort of what have I done what have I done and then shooting himself I think you know the just the despair of it and the reaction shot from Bella as well um oh yeah Ellie, uh was uh, and th- that was just the shock and yeah uh that whole scene i think is really wonderfully acted between all of them oh yeah definitely still um so how this kind of played out in the game was uh they still get back and everything pretty much in the same scenario uh joel is talking to henry about bikes and he, uh, Henry's kind of saying, oh, if I could, like, you know, ride the, um, what did he say the name of the bike was? Dave, Davidson? Harlison? I can't remember the name of it. I'm not a bike person. Um, somebody will know what the what the make of the bike was uh, was called. Um, but they're talking a bit about that. And um, in so in the game, obviously, uh, Sam isn't deaf. And he's in this little room. And Ellie goes in to kind of see him. And he's sorting through the food. Uh, they've got like cans of um, cans of food and you know basic kind of stuff like that, and Ellie tries to sort of like sit with him and kind of like talk to him and says, "Oh, how, how are we doing on canned peaches?" And like Sam gets a bit annoyed and he says, "Oh, he's like just annoyed about the scenario." And obviously, he he knows he's bitten at that point. He doesn't reveal it to Ellie though, and um, I think he goes to what was it? Um, I think he, she, she leaves Sam in that room and goes into a different room. Then they, they all wake up the next morning and Henry says to Ellie, hey, can you go and like wake, go and wake Sam up sort of thing? And she walks in there. He's standing up and twitching. And then right. uh, he turns around. The same thing kind of happens. And then you know, the same thing sort of happens, but then he gives a different line. So, again, works out pretty much the same way. Just some interesting little differences there. Um, but uh, you, you simply just change the conversation about the food to them doing these drawings and uh mm-hmm. writing on the pad and and that sort of stuff so yeah both of both of them worked out pretty well but um there you go so uh that was that was quite cool as well um so yeah, after all of this very very tragic scene um we have a final scene which is just joel and ellie uh barry sam and henry um she leaves sam's notepad on his grave and then the note says i'm sorry which uh it's very very sad uh i don't think they say anything to each other here joel and ellie but uh she then just walks off so she's at well she goes she actually says which way's west oh yeah 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 um yeah and so joel's burying um 
Sam and Henry. She walks mm-hmm. up, says, puts the pad down, and says, "Which way is west?" and just walks off. Um, and you can see she's just dejected, done, wants to leave. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, yeah. So, um, but overall, very good scene with with this here. Um, what, how is this different in the game again? I think it was. Um, there's a scene they go to in a toy shop, and there's a giraffe or a toy robot or something like that. What one of those uh, particular things? And uh, Sam goes to take it with him, and Henry says like, "What? What's the rule?" or something like that. And he says like, oh, we, "We don't take what's not ours." Um, and then I think Ellie, after they walk off, Ellie picks it up and gives it to him later, um, and he, he puts it in his bag. Uh, and then instead of, because there's no deaf um, notepad thing going on, uh, mm. she puts the, the, I think she puts the toy robot on Sam's grave. So again, right, similar okay. kind of thing, but just just portrayed a bit differently because of the uh, the scenario. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was very cool as well. Um, any thoughts on the little differences there? No, I mean, other than, I, I mean, I think, I, I like the fact that she used the pad to to put the sort of I'm yeah. sorry note on on that makes um, sense particularly as you don't have the sort of toy scene in it sort of almost streams streamlines it in some ways. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I I actually it's a change with the change for a reason, you know, mm-hmm. because of the fact that they've changed the characterization. As I say, I would I would be interested to know the reasons for you know why they they changed it to a deaf character i do wonder i do wonder if you're right actually if it was just because um the the actor was deaf maybe i don't know yeah but yeah um yes the end of this uh very sad episode got got some awesome parts in it some really really thrilling parts oh yeah but it's uh it's very uh very sad and tragic so uh we have a few emails to get to um if you'd like to write into the show um how is this going to work going forward? So we got an email from Warner Brothers out of nowhere. I don't know if you were expecting it. I, I certainly wasn't. I was, no. I was on the way home from work a few days ago, and they just said, hey, here's episode five. And I was like, oh, right, okay. <laughs> I was just under the assumption that we'd uh, watch the rest of this with the public. Um, and I messaged you, and then you said that you've got it. Um, they said something in the email, I think I'm probably okay to say this, that we're going to get the episodes the Wednesday before. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we did get that the same tier, but we, we just recorded slightly later. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll get them like a few days before the, uh, the public does. Um, so yeah, we'll kind of do it going forward from that, but we won't be sort of like a week and ahead apart, uh, ahead of people. Um, anyway, regardless of all that, we'll still going to, if you write into the show and everything, we'll still read out what you have to say, whether it's about episode one, two, three, four or five, we'll still read out everything that you want to talk about. Uh, you can do so by writing in to uh, matthewentertainmenttalk.org, uh, Twitter eTalk UK, there's a contact page, information in your show notes, email box on the website version of the episode, and a clickable email name in your show notes as well. Beth writes in again and says, I continue to love hearing Matt be delighted at the video game touches on the show. Uh, your recollection of the games is quite impressive. Uh, keep up the good work, and I can't wait to hear all about this Abby character. Well, I can't wait for everybody to discover Abby as a character um I think she's an incredible character and uh I can't give really much context as to why or who she is or what what's going on with her in the story um but I did talk about her in the previous podcast um 
about like because there was there was the talk wasn't there about like oh is she gonna have like a cameo introduction mm-hmm. and whatever and i gave some of my uh my thoughts on that um but uh yeah i mean i mean the internet might break but uh that's that's nothing unusual so uh when when the uh it Either for when the casting gets revealed or the character is on screen or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Um, I know you don't know anything about Abby, but are you excited to kind of see a new main character in the, in the show? Well, yeah. I mean, as I think, as we said last time, I'm I'm not entirely convinced we're going to get that character show up in a in an end sequence. Me too, yeah. Here, because this was all shot and everything, and they had no idea that it was going to be as big as it actually is um i mean they could they could pop back in and film something if they'd cast somebody for that role now um mm. but uh you know i mean you could set something up maybe as a sort of little introduction and stick it on the end of the final episode maybe but i, I yeah you might be better off playing this story out as it is i think yeah um, i i agree with that um i think people are just excited to see abby which which is understandable mm-hmm. i'm very excited to see her TV adaption and who plays her, but um, I think you got to let that finale breathe. I really think that you need to. Yeah. Know. So, uh, thank you for your compliments, by the way, as well. I very much appreciate that. Um, uh, Jack said, I think you talk about episode three, not episode five here. Um, says it was a shame to see episode. You said five, but I'm assuming you mean three. Uh, get review bombed. Do you think it was predictable or not? I'm straight myself and still enjoyed the episode. Well, I'm very glad to hear that. Um, I wasn't going to specifically bring this up, but seeing as somebody did, it, it is a, a talking point, I suppose. Um, so yeah, over on I think it's IMDb or something. Um, the episode got review bombed down to like a I think like a six or a seven. Really. And. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, if you look at the... Because you can see like how many people gave it one star and five star and all this. And it's very clear that, okay, not a lot of people thought this was like an average three or a good four. Most people thought this was an excellent five or a suspicious amount of ones. Um, I mean, th- there's a difference between, okay, the episode might not have been your cup of tea. Like, maybe you didn't think there was enough Ellie and Joel or... I don't know, you had issues with the, the pacing or you thought the episode was too long. Those are all perfectly valid reasons. But um, I did uh, read a couple of the just blatant, because um, some of these people had to leave, like, I think, comments or something with, with their reviews. Um, and it was just blatant sort of, hey, you just clearly didn't like that there was a gay character, which unfortunately is still the case in 2023. People still have an issue with uh, just queer characters in general, whether it be lesbian, bi, um, trans, gay, or whichever way you're going with that um but no i i m- most of the the, the overwhelming consensus of the of the episode was this was a really beautiful story and a really really well told story uh some interesting differences from the game which i think is pretty much i mean we recorded that episode a while ago uh which is pretty much sort of what we said a very well told story um i remember saying the episode had a lot of like really great delicate touches to it like sort of the presentation of the episode was really great um but no i mean it's it's the difference between sort of, okay, ignore those sort of reviews, but then there's also, there is a discussion to be kind of had about it, I suppose. But it is it is a shame, it is unfortunately a part of the world, but uh, I'm glad they didn't shy away from the story they were trying to tell. So, uh, do you have any thoughts on the review bombing attempt with this? Uh, only that it's kind of, well, people don't have better things to do with their lives than mm. review bomb a TV show because it's got gay characters in it. I mean, seriously, get a life, people. <laughs> this, this is 
Well, I mean, how utterly pointless is that? The, I mean, all the actual reviews of it have been utterly outstanding. And, yeah. and I mean, it absolutely is an outstanding TV show. So there's, by every measure, it's been incredibly well received. It's got a massive audience. Just, It's just stupid if people are wasting their time doing that. Mm-hmm. There was when when I did the the chat podcast episode and I kind of because it it had happened the episode had come out when I did when I did the episode and one of the comments that I just found like genuinely like more funny was a person said like oh, I'm specifically not going to show this specific episode to my kids because it's got this character in it and it's like is that that that's the reason you're not showing this episode <laughs> to your kids this is right. I mean, yeah, yeah, but that's that's not a comment that made me angry. That was one that I just found more. That's just, just that's just more funny. Priorities, people. So you'll show the other episodes which have got monsters and people being shot in the head and stuff, but not the episode that happens to have some gay characters in it. I mean, how backward and messed up are your priorities? If if you're, I mean, first of all, if you, why are you showing this to your kids at all? And secondly, that's the episode you won't show particularly because of that's ridiculous mm. which is one of the more sort of beautiful episodes that we've had so far yeah so, no. yeah um the funny part about that is though i don't know what these people do know about ellie but uh I've got some news for you which is that ellie's queer as well yeah so uh yeah episode episodes one two three four and five all have queer characters in them because ellie's in every episode so far mm-hmm. so uh but anyway most people enjoyed the episode uh, which is good. I did see some general comments about like, oh, I thought the episode was really good, but a little bit slow in places. And I'm like, okay, that's that's perfectly yeah, valid. That's if you thought the episode valid. was a, was a bit long or whatever, it was one of the longer ones. So that's that's totally fine. Um, anyway, uh, Harrison writes in last and says, congratulations on the screeners. Thank you. Um, how has the balance been by watching the episodes differently and waiting for the public to catch up? Um, this was my first time actually, because you've seen screeners for things yeah. before, haven't you? Uh, a few different times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was weird to, because uh, I thought we balanced our, because we did what, two double weeks, I think? Mm-hmm. We did two and three and then, uh, sorry, yeah, two and three and then three and four in uh, subsequent weeks. And I thought we, we balanced those out pretty well, because I, di- I didn't want to sort of, hey, let's do all these episodes in one go and then like kind of binge them. I didn't want to sort of binge the yeah. episodes. So I thought we, we spaced it all out pretty well. Yeah, the, that... problem, the problem with doing binges and then and then trying to review it, unless you're doing like a season review, um, uh-huh. you, you kind of need to space them out when you're watching them because otherwise uh, do the episodes in between. Otherwise they end up blending into each other. And yeah, you, you'll forget. you forget which, yeah, which was which. So. Yeah, which is why I have to do things differently for the... The Witcher. Well, I don't have to. I, I chose that very uh, uh, interesting format. Um, yeah, it was interesting to kind of... Because what was it? We'd seen episode two or something, and then three came out. I was like, okay, I watched that last week. And then we'd seen four in the same week. Episode four, I think. Because um, we'd watched three and four in the same week, but then the following Sunday three had come out and now seeing that promotional material and photos for for episode four and it was weird going like seeing that and people say oh will, will sam and henry appear in this and we'd already seen it. it it was a little bit strange but it was kind of uh interesting at the same time mm-hmm. um and i don't think because we had what just just over a week and a bit since we last watched and recorded um up until up until now which um 
how I've kind of enjoyed that time still was still seeing like people's uh, thoughts and reviews and stuff on the on the other episodes. So uh, it was interesting. So we'll still have roughly the same format going forward. We'll just be like a, a few days earlier, basically, rather than like a, a week and a half. So, uh, but thanks again to Warner Brothers for for giving us them. Um, did did you like request the screen of five, or did they just? randomly email it to us i think they just no no i think they did they've anybody that had screeners i think they just updated it right because you get put onto like a press list or something don't you i think um yeah i mean if, like that. if you've if we you know because they'd already agreed to to screeners i yeah mm-hmm. um like a mailing list the, of some the, kind yeah once you, once you're on the screener list they were just going to send them out weekly i think at the time they'd they'd got because they hadn't got all the effects completed for the later episodes. I mean, that's how close they run. To yeah, when the episode was directed by first name, last name. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, yeah, some people have seen the whole season as as well. There was some. Yeah, I remember, yeah, some I remember the got, week got bef- ones. Yeah, which yeah. got like, but they'd said the later episodes hadn't got um, effects completed in them. Mm, yeah, because I remember about a week and a bit before the show premiered there was obviously the the press embargo review and some people said hey i've seen the whole first season and this is uh what they thought of it so that's interesting um uh, anyway that's so our thoughts and stuff and feedback and whatnot for this week's episode we'll be back next week episode uh six already um so yeah we'll see how how all that goes uh obviously people will still get this episode slightly early because it does air on saturday or on friday this uh this week because of the super bowl so um it's interesting that because they went up against the grammys didn't they the last of us and they yeah. still did very very well maybe it was like hey maybe like we, we still want to avoid the super bowl kind of thing so uh that was interesting as well um i do have one other we've got a little bit of time i think at the moment um i just wanted to read out a couple of quick little things because i looked up because there's an infected that gets introduced in the second game that is similar to one of the other ones, and I wanted to kind of go through... I've got some brief descriptions here of the different types of infected, and I'll only read out the ones that we've come across so far, and not the ones introduced in the second game. Um, so it says stalkers. Uh, stalkers are essentially halfway between runners and clickers. As they lose their sight, um, they start to cower in dark buildings, waiting for the opportunity to strike. Take them down. To take them down, you will need to move slowly through the area you are in, once uh, you spot one peeking its head out from cover, rush it with a shotgun. It's obviously game tips. Um, with a shotgun. Uh, this will draw any other stalkers coming out from hiding. You can group them and uh, take them take out multiple stalkers with one shotgun blast as well. Uh, runners. Runners are the first stage of Infected in The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, and in the first one as well. Uh, they are uh, still fairly close to human in appearance. And you can uh, sprint and, and can sprint after you. So, which is why Henry looked the way... Sorry, Sam looked the way that he did. So he still had his like, human form, but he looked infected. Which is kind of the closer thing to like walking dead zombies yeah. in, in appearance. Um, they're still fairly close to human appearance. And you can sp- and can sprint after you. Which is why they're called runners. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are pretty weak. One shot in the head with any weapon will kill them, so we recommend trying to use stealth. You don't uh, really need to be wasting ammo on runners unless swarmed, uh, and a well-placed brick or bottle will be enough to stagger them. So you can pick up pick up um, bricks or bottles in the game. You throw them at them, and you can like press square to strike or whatever. I think yeah. um, Joel finishes it off with a punch. 
Uh, where's the other one that I had? Clickers. Clickers are completely blind but use echolocation to track you. This means you have more leeway in how you approach them. If one gets close to you, stand completely still, just like in Jurassic Park. <laughs> And it says something about Jurassic Park references. Clickers have um, hard fungal plates on their skulls, which means one shot to the head isn't enough to take them down. We recommend killing them stealthily with Ellie's knife or shiv, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, if a clicker spots you, uh, kill it before it grabs you. Otherwise, you're dead because it's a, it's a one-hit kill uh, type of uh, mechanic. Yeah, there is a way, because like I said, with the shivs, that is sort of if if you get caught and they get alerted to you and grab you, you press that to get out of that. But if you're sneaky enough, you can um, like sneak up to them and kill them with uh, with a knife. I think that's specifically in part two because that's where you play as Ellie because uh, Joel doesn't use a knife in the game. So, um, any thoughts on sort of the differences there? I think that's all really quite cool. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I just, it seems like sort of more stuff about game mechanics really that <laughs> but yes yeah i mean i what i do like about the, the there's a logic to the sort of evolution of them yeah i like uh, that as well which i i i like you know they they start off as the sort of you know as a human form as, as they as the fungus grows they sort mm-hmm. of morph into various different things using various different techniques to find their way around so yeah i i rather like that i like how there is a logic to that rather than just you know here's a massive one just because you right. know? yeah yeah <clears throat> uh it says here for bloaters i forgot to read this one bloaters are what happens after some so that's this is the one that was in this episode the the, the big one uh bloaters are what happens after someone is infected for many years decades even because it's been like 20 plus years at this point in in the show uh they are huge and covered in thick fungal plates that give them a lot of health Use a flamethrower, very effective, or Molotov cocktails on them, or a shotgun. Bloaters will um, intermittently throw spore bombs at you, which will damage your health and stun you for a short while. If a bloater grabs you, it will kill you straight away, just like what happened to Perry in this episode. Yes. Uh, yeah, it will grab you and just yeah. sort of snap really your neck. Yes. So, um, yeah, very, very interesting stuff, and we'll see some more infected in uh, part two, but we'll talk about that at another point. Uh, that's it for this podcast. Thank you all very, very much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with episode six. Um, trying to think where we're going to go. Oh, yes, where we're going to go next. So, Because uh, we've still got to meet up with Tommy at some point. So yes, we'll get there some point soon. Uh, but in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, uh, TV, games, films, main eye podcasts, and podcast platforms, Entertainment Talk. Check out more of what we do. You can also let other people know about what, what we do and where they can find it, <clears throat> either by just telling them or using social media. Um, Patreon $5, $10 level tiers for the every podcast review options have a look out for that as well if you'd like to um, TV and film news over on Geek Town David what's happening over there uh, well lots of news going up it's got kind of busier now we've got into February January was a bit quiet but uh, yeah lots of stories going up on the site there's um, quite a lot of TV coming back We've it seems to be a lot of spin-offs at the moment we've had a lot of announcements yeah. of spin-off TV yeah. series from various different things from sort of Billions and Dexter and a whole bunch of other stuff as well uh, so we've got news on all that up there uh, the podcast this week you were on we talked mm-hmm. about um, you talked about Forspoken uh, I did a review of Nolly the new Russell T Davies drama we spoke about The Recruits as well which is the, the recent thing that came came onto netflix 
and uh we of course went through all the dcu new stuff as well we were talking about that on there so that's all on the geek town radio episode 369 and you can find that on geektown.co.uk and on all your favorite podcast players as well excellent so geektown.co.uk geektown radio go and check out all of that uh for other people you can find bex over on twitch trista b-y-t-e-s for fun streams retro chat game all those sort of things that she does over there trista b-y-t-e-s over on twitch and other platforms as well you can find me over on over on twitch occasionally for different streams and on youtube at entertainment talk plays for all sorts of different game clips and things like that thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time goodbye bye <laughs>